0: Hey guys, welcome to uh, the Conquer Food Show. My name is Craig Williams, your host today, and I'm joined by Lisa Upton from Euphrenity, um, who's got an incredible story. Uh, pin your ears back, grab yourself a coffee and a notebook because this is going to be an absolute belter. Um, so I'm not going to I'm not going to trash your your history and your story by trying to tell it myself. So it'd be great, Lisa, if you could just kick us off with a little bit of like how you how you ended up here. You know, what are the big pivotal moments in your past? And how is this going to be an inspirational story for people listening?
1: Okay, I'll do my best. Um, So Euphrenity was founded in 2016 now. So it goes way back. So when I was 14, I was diagnosed with a a benign brain tumour. And I was told that they'd never be able to operate on it because it was really close to an area of my speech speech and language. Um, So the years kind of passed and and I continued to live with this essentially ticking time bomb which is how they sort of talked about it one day it might burst it might bleed and it could kill me Um, and I also had to live with the epilepsy as a bit of a result of this um, tumour and then one day a few years ago now they said to me do you know what we think we might actually be able to get this uh, tumour out we think we think (laughs) we think and I was like what brain surgery no way like I'm all right you know I'm good my life's pretty pretty okay to be honest, got a good job, got family. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, but I always went to sleep every night, kind of a little bit scared that I wouldn't wake up because every time I had a a seizure, it would be in my sleep. So there was always that underlying dread, that feeling. I, I really struggled with my sleep, really bad insomnia and things like that. Um, so this picture was painted of this life without a ticking time bomb, without epilepsy, but with very, very minimal guarantees. So I saw, um, I decided it was, you know, a journey I might want to embark on. Um, I saw seven surgeons and every single one of them was like, there's no way I'm doing that operation. You've got more to lose than you've got to gain.
0: And, and was it just this, sorry to jump in because I'm, I'm enthralled, but was it the size of the tumour or was it the location or a combination of all those factors?
1: So it was the location more than anything. Like I say, really close to the area of speech and language. Um, so eventually I found a surgeon that was willing to do it. Um, I Googled him and I was like, you know, Googled the best brain surgeon in the in the, in the the world. A guy called uh, Andrew McAvoy came up and uh, I remember going to see him really like vividly. And he said, I said, listen, Andy, I've, I've Googled you. You're the best surgeon in the world. You can get this out, right? And he said, I can, but it's at what cost? I can get anything out of the human brain. But, you know, you are going to probably be left in a worse position than you are now. And he explained that I'd probably have to learn to talk again, read and write. chance of stroke, stroke, brain hemorrhage, all of those things. So it wasn't painting a particularly um, attractive picture. Um, Every single person in my life said, there's no way you should do this. Your life is good. Why would you take this chance? It doesn't make any sense. Um, So what I will say at this point is, I don't know whether any of the listeners have ever had this, but I felt this overwhelming feeling that it was the right thing to do Mm, despite it. Yeah, like an intuition.
0: So it's just in front of your okay. mouth, that's it.
1: Um so yeah, this this phenomenal feeling which I call the hum, which is exactly what you said, it's intuition. And i would never felt it before, I don't think, before that before that moment. And I remember even going into into surgery that morning and, and my family were crying, they were really upset, why are you doing this? Why why would you do this? But this feeling was the was my comfort and my almost like my my guide. I knew that it was the right thing to do.
0: Mm. And was you given a percentage of of, you know, whether we go right, whether it go wrong or.
1: Um, so there was a um, 80% chance that I'd have to learn to talk again, read and write Uh 20, 25%, uh, sorry, 50% chance that it might get rid of the epilepsy. So, you know, half and um, a 50% chance that as a result of that, I could potentially reduce my medication. So I was taking a lot of medication to, to control the seizures. Uh, but the overriding thing that all of the surgeons said is if you have it done, you're going to have to be wide awake
0: Wow. <laughs> and I was like, what? Talk to me about that, how you felt when that news was delivered. I mean, was that a shock? Did you know it was coming?
1: No, I didn't know it was co- No, not at all. Um, I mean, no, not at all. And this is a question I get asked a lot. And awake brain surgery is is, is just hard to articulate. I mean, I remember... You know, they build you up for it. They say, OK, we're going to put you to sleep for the nasty part where we essentially br- drill a hole in your head and then we're going to wake you up and you're going to be surrounded by loads of people. Um, but we're going to need you to read some stories and do some mathematical equations from an iPad. So I remember that moment when I, when I woke up in theatre, literally, surrounded by, phew, I've sent like hundreds of people, but it's probably only like 20, 30 people. Still a lot. Uh, yeah, still a lot. And you know when they say you're going to be awake and brain surgery you kind of think you're going to be quite sedated mm. but you are wide awake like literally wide awake yeah completely aware of everything but just obviously not being able to move your head in any direction because it's in this clamp it'd be interesting i mean if we
0: talk about our five senses and we kind of walk through that because i want to get a real good feeling for for what it was like in that moment if you're if you're up for it but you know yeah. what, what could you smell what could you feel you know what could you see what could you hear
1: I think for the, this is probably the only moment in my life I've ever had this, this feeling, but I felt everything. I saw everything, felt everything, could smell everything. It was like everything was heightened, mm. like to the next level. Um, and I still felt this overriding sort of warmth, warmth inside for want of a better word, that this was the right thing to do. And even as they were kind of messing around with my brain, my speech would go blurry. Um, yeah. you know, it, I would struggle become slurred. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Become slurred. And, um, I was thinking at times, you know, shit, is this the right, excuse me, is this the right thing to do? But still that feeling kept me going. And, and I you think was committed. <laughs> yeah, I was committed at that point. Yeah. But that feeling 100% got me through it. Yeah.
0: And was there any moment where you thought, or oh, since, have you heard that there was like complications or, you know, what, what, did it run pretty smooth?
1: So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it went on for 10 hours and I came out and I felt amazing. I felt, you know, I felt euphoric. But, um, Shortly after that, I, I couldn't talk, so I lost the ability to talk. Um, and it was like I knew exactly what I was wanting to say. It was all in my head, but it was just coming out in a totally random order. So it took me about a year to learn to read and write again. I had to learn to read and write and speak, so I had a lot of speech therapy going on. And how old were you at this point? Um, so it was only four years ago. So oh, really? I was, yeah, I was yeah. like 38. Um, but again, I don't think there was ever a moment I thought, I don't think I've made the right decision. I always knew it was probably going to be a long process and it would come at a cost, but... I kind of saw that it would be worth it. I felt that it would be worth it
0: I'm pretty sure you <clears throat> it's impossible to go through that and for it not to change the the course of your life and how How has it changed your life
1: oh god in 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 far too many ways to to articulate but um you know, I thought brain surgery that that was the moment that would change everything, but I think what's happened since then and and working with the hospital. So after that, they asked me to take part in a program called the Emotion Code, where effectively I gifted my brain to them. So they did a lot of tests on it to understand more about human emotions. Um, So they got me to partake in certain activities to to measure um, certain emotions in the brain. So that was what changed my life, being part of the Emotion Code, that particular program Um, and learning about emotions and how we are 100 percent in control of what it is we're doing and what it is we're feeling. uh, But we don't often realize that is that
0: regardless of the emo- like anger like you know love all the, all the emotions like ultimately you are in control is that the, is that a message
1: yeah yeah i think i think sometimes it feels a lot like we're not in control and you know it, it absolutely does but we are in control we're in the driving seat of that um
0: one of the, one of the things we, we we teach a lot on the conquer food program is that ultimately you know you you're in control of your response to events we can't always control the events but you are in control and that's a hard message for some people to accept have you have you come across people that that kind of struggle with that and what what do you say what would you say to people
1: um yeah i come yeah all the time i come across people that are um i think conditioned to believe that we're not in control um so it's about reprogramming their the, their thinking process their thoughts and obviously their their behaviors as well so it's there's no quick fix to this and you know, the program I've developed, How to Attain Euphoria and Serenity, people say all the time, what is the quick fix? How do I do it? Mm. And sadly, there, there isn't one. We live in a world, don't we, where everyone wants that quick fix yeah. um, and they want to attain amazing things with, with little effort. But with everything, you have to put the work in um, and you have to be committed and you have to, more importantly, believe that you can do it.
0: Yeah, so, so that's led you to, you did all that learning, all that study, and now you're delivering your own programs, your own frameworks. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So, um, as a result of, uh, as, a, as I guess, the end result of the the program I took part in, the Emotion Code, I learned how to access levels of you know heightened consciousness and and reach better levels of euphoria and serenity. Probably, I'd never experienced those those emotions before. Um, I, I took part in that program. So, yeah. I, I is developed...
0: there is there
1: anything? Can you give
0: me an example? I know. I know. This is you know we've got a short time. Mm. We're on we're on a podcast and all this kind of stuff, but. I mean, that just, it seems absolutely mind-blowing. It seems like science fiction to me. You know, can you bring it bring it to, to the ground for me, you know?
1: um, What, how it felt? No, no, I mean,
0: I, I'm just curious on as to, like, how can you heighten oh, your... Oh, I see.
1: Yeah, on a practical way. Yeah, yeah. How can, yeah. Okay, so... Um, I guess I I go back to the three elements of euphrenesy. So conscious living. So a big part of conscious living is not allowing our mammalian brain, our subconscious to hold us back through fear, limiting beliefs, just to live consciously in the moment, making decisions based on the facts that we're presented with and not our, you know, historic behavior patterns and what we're we're conditioned to believe. Yeah. Um, The second thing being present. So I talk a lot about right hemisphere, something which emanates from your right hemisphere is the ability to be totally present, which, you know, if we are present, we, we actually become more grateful as people, Mm. um, and more focused. So that's, that's the kind of elevation part of it. And then finally intuition, you know, the thing that brought me here today, um, we have within us the biggest superpower, you know, the ability to find our way and know where we're meant to be and what we're meant to be doing in this world. And, that's a massive part, of euphranity, You know, stripping everything back and learning to trust ourselves and believe that we have the answer, the guide. Mm.
0: It's one of those, yeah, it's it's there deep inside. The great story about the the guys that got cut off in the cave. Have you heard that story where a, a man was cut off in a cave and uh, deep underground, and there was there was no food really, but there was a lot of fish in in the in the cave with him, and he, by touch alone, he would you would grab a fish and they would bite a fish and he would live off the fish and he lived there forever, whatever. Google it. I don't know, you know. Mm. Then when he got out the cave, they, he found out that the majority of the fish was poisonous and the only part that you could eat was the bit that he kept biting off and it was just pure intuition. Now, whether there's any truth in that, I don't know, but Google it and find out. But uh, yeah, it's a great little story. That well, is Cool. Yeah. So um, obviously I, I think I think lots of people, if they've, you know, if, if they are not, connected with you and felt inspired by you they'll definitely want to know more and be curious about what you're talking about so you know how how do people how can they follow you how can they get involved in some of the stuff that you're doing
1: okay so all sort of social media platforms euphrenity um and i've got the website so i'd urge people to have a look at the website it's got all my events on there and the different courses so you've got the um, the emotion code, the calibration code, the, the resilience code and the reset code. So all details of all the courses, workshops are on there. I'm delivering them up and down the country, obviously uh, in collaboration with uh, Pro Noctis as well. as part of the resilience code and, and soon to be doing those um, abroad as well. So, yeah, the website, I would say.
0: Yeah, and, and for people watching this on YouTube or iTunes or whatever, I'll put some links in the uh, in the notes below so that people can get in touch with that. So, Lisa, thanks a lot for... Um, for sharing your story today, we way, way too brief. Maybe we'll do uh, a follow-up episode another time, sometime. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to be there in Wales and your, on your Resilience Code weekend. And I know Paul is really keen to get on in that. Well, so maybe we might do a little video whilst that's going on. Um, anything that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you?
1: Um- I think it's always good for people to know how to spell Euphrenity. All uh, right. It will be in the dictionary one day. We're working with the Collins and Oxford Dictionary at the moment. It's on standby. It's about usage, apparently, to get a word in the dictionary. So I would say to all your listeners, um, use it. Hashtag it. Uh, euphrenity. It's E-U-P-H-R-E-N-I-T-I.
0: Yeah, you will not be reading your screen by any chance. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Lisa, no, thanks a lot. It's been a, an amazing uh, chat here. We're heading up to boot camp now to have an, uh, an extended um what extended audience with Lisa and, and learn more about her uh, her journey and I'm really excited about that so thanks again take Thank care. You.